Hey guys, my name is Joe Sill, and I was the director of Robophobia from the film Phobias, and you're listening to the Horror Squad podcast. to the horror squad podcast this is episode number 271 tonight we're talking about joe's uh birthday pick which is inside a french film i'm one of your co-host todd we have joe we have steve guys how's it going good good joe i'm very curious why this film for your birthday pick this year yeah i mean mainly it was because you and todd hadn't seen it so and it kind of shocked me because like I felt like when this one came out, it was kind of had a lot of buzz in the horror community and whatnot. So I was shocked. So I was like, these guys need to see this movie just because I feel like it's very brutal and very gory. And I just wanted to kind of get your reaction to it all. It's always kind of been one that kind of stuck with me too throughout the years as kind of being maybe one of the more brutal horror movies i guess gore wise i've i've seen in a in this kind of uh decade or like the past like 20 years so uh yeah i'm just interested to hear i i never i don't hear like a lot of people talk about it either so i was really interested to hear like you know people's thoughts on it so that was that was the main reason i had a couple other ideas too i mean it's always hard to pick a foreign horror film just because you don't know uh, especially for the listeners, you know, people are pretty stubborn, I guess, about uh, watching movies with subtitles, which you shouldn't be because some of the best horror movies I've ever seen have been foreign. So I, I definitely, you know, recommend, you know, it's just a little bit of reading. It's not so bad once you get into it. Yeah. So I look forward to it and I hope more people out there check it out as well. Yeah, I agree. Foreign and black and white seem to be two things that a lot of people will stay away from. I know I was that way for a long time until I went to film school and then they kind of forced that kind of stuff down your throat. And eventually I grew appreciating for it. And now I'm like seeking out things that are foreign and black and white because, you know, I didn't watch them for so long. So uh, definitely get out of your comfort zone. There's a lot of great stuff out there, you know, and what's great about foreign, especially is you know people have a different perspective on things in different countries you know especially if you only stay in your country you don't realize just how different people are in other places in the world and it's cool to see horror films from that perspective so yeah yeah it's a natural progression too i think like especially younger generations like they you know watch the traditional american films things like that then you probably get to english and then italian and french and you're getting all over the place there's a lot of good stuff out there and steve and i can talk about some of the the movies on our horror world tour that we're doing on letterboxd and there's you know cambodian films vietnamese there's south african there's a bunch of cool shit out there you just have to accept that this could be a little different and a little weird at times but like uh steve's mentioning different cultures it's pretty cool to see them yeah absolutely all right, Joe, uh, you want to give us some horror news? Yes, let's do it. Some big news has broke recently, so I'm excited to talk about all of it. Perhaps maybe the biggest news that has broke in recent weeks is that Linda Blair is supposedly going to be returning to the Exorcist franchise on the Above the Line. Uh, exclusively, exclusively reported this. 
Here's what they had to say. Linda Blair will reprise her role as Reagan McNeil. Sources say that Blair was only on set for a few days, so she's not in the film all that much, but her return to the franchise should make fans heads spin with excitement. It's also worth noting that a Blumhouse spokesperson only confirmed that Blair served as quote-unquote an advisor on their new movie, refusing to confirm or deny of an on-screen appearance. Uh, If she is to appear, it is going to be, of course, her first return to the franchise since Exodus 2, The Heretic. So, I mean, I I don't know. What do you guys think? Does this bring any extra excitement? I know we're all kind of on the fence with David Gordon Green being, you know, directing this one after kind of what he did to the Halloween franchise. Let's just hear your thoughts about, I guess, everything in general, but most importantly, Linda Blair's return. Uh, nothing against Miss Miss Blair, but two thumbs down. I, I just think at this point it's like it's pandering. Every franchise has to bring back somebody, and it's like let's move forward. Let's, let's just do something different. I mean, you know, Steve made us watch the Awesome Exorcist season one, and that had her back, and that was cool. But like we already seen it, so let's just move forward. Yeah, had Reagan, not uh, Linda Blair, to be <laughs> to be clear. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, uh, you're right. But right. you know what I mean. Like same character. Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, the only reason I'm happy about this news is because at least they're going to acknowledge the fact that that happened, like all that stuff happened, you know, I didn't want want it to be that, you know, her involved Reagan's involvement was basically just a throwaway, you know, newspaper clipping or something. It's just cool that uh, we know it happens in that world. And I hope it's not too big a role. I hope it's really just like a, you know, a cameo, something maybe quick with her mother, because I know she has maybe a bigger role in the movie. So who knows? You know, I have very, very low expectations with this movie, given what happened to Halloween. But you never know. Hopefully it'll surprise us because I did like that first Halloween, you know, the 2018 version. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, The Exorcist is like sacred ground for me. It's one of my all time favorite horror movies. So my expectations are definitely you know, curbed. I, I'm not expecting big things from it. You know, the fact that Blair's coming back made me a little excited, obviously. But like Steve said, it, I mean, like Todd said, I mean, it is like pandering, obviously, to to the fan base. But the fact that she's only going to be on, she was only on set for a few days makes me think it's going to be like a very, very brief cameo. So maybe like um, it would be a scene with her and um, I know Ellen Bernstein's coming back as well. So maybe it would be a scene with kind of them together, a mother daughter scene, which would be kind of cool to see them back together. So, yeah, I mean, I, I have, there is a little bit of excitement there for sure that she's coming back. Cause I, you know, I, I, she is the franchise to me, like, you know, even though she was only in the first two movies, but you know, she's definitely the most important part of the entire franchise. So we shall see, we'll be getting it this year, October of this year. So we'll see what happens. All right. Next bit of news here. Guillermo del Toro is slated to be making his own adaptation of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein for Netflix. Now some interesting casting choices here. Suppose uh, rumored. So re- as of right now, it is heavily rumored that Mia Goth, Oscar Isaac and Andrew Garfield are all in early talks to come on board and star in this movie. Now, um, insiders close to the picture do caution that Del Toro is still working on the script and no formal offers have been given to the actors, but the sources added that Del Toro did meet with all three actors and each has committed to star in the movie. So 
what are your thoughts? Is that a good casting choices here? Do you want to see Mia Goth in more? Do, I mean, do you think she's being overplayed at this point? I don't know. Andrew Garfield, Oscar Isaac, both great actors though. So I'm excited for them. And I, I love Mia Goth. I'm on board for anything she does, but is she the right role for a Frankenstein? Tough to say. You know, yeah. I mean, Mia Goth, I thought was great in X, a little less so in Pearl. Uh, didn't like her performance in something else I saw this year. I don't even remember. Infinity Pool? Infinity Is that Pool, where she yeah. like screams in a bad accent. <laughs> right. So I don't know. You know, it depends what the role is. It's very, it's really too early to tell. I like Oscar Isaacs. I like Andrew Garfield. So those two I'm pretty excited about. Mia Goth, still on the fence with her. So we'll see uh, what happens. All righty. We'll file this one under who saw this coming and who really asked for it. Um, <laughs> because we are going to be getting, ladies and gentlemen, a new Faces of Death movie. Yes, that is correct. A Faces of Death remake is currently in the works. Uh, Legendary Entertainment is going to be behind this relaunch with starring Barbie Ferreira of uh, Euphoria fame. And you also might have know her, horror fans might know her best for her small role in Nope when she was kind of like the girl eating Cheetos in the uh, <laughs> like Circuit City store there. Um, and also, I'm going to butcher his name, but uh, Dakar Montgomery, who of course played Billy in Stranger Things. Uh, so the new plot is going to revolve around a female moderator of a YouTube-like website whose job is to weed out offensive and violent content and who her, and who herself is recovering from a serious trauma that stumbles across a group that is recreating the murders from the original film. But in the story, Prime for the Digital Age and Age of Online Misinformation, the question faced is, are the murders real or fake? Other news as of a potential release date or anything like that. This is going to be hitting theaters or streaming, but I wouldn't need to hear you guys' thoughts on this one. Do you remember the original Faces of Death movies? And what do you think of this rebirth? I remember them, yeah, but was I a fan? Not really. I know it was like a kind of like a taboo thing, but I don't, I don't know what the point is now. It's the internet, like, well, I don't know. We'll see. It's not a franchise. To answer your question, it's not a franchise that I would seek out. Yeah, I, I I remember him definitely because I had a friend who like, you know, brought him over and was like, oh my God, this is real footage. And, uh, you know, it was like the whole pre-internet, uh, you know, who knows if this is real or not. And the wondering was kind of part of the fun, whereas now everyone knows that, you know, it's going to be fake. So it doesn't hold much weight anymore. So I, I don't know, like, I don't think this is particularly needed. I don't think it's a, yeah, but then again, maybe just calling it face to death is going to bring eyes to it just because people are going to see it, you know, scrolling through Tubi or whatever and be like, oh, face to death. Cool. So yeah, I guess, I don't know. I'm not excited for it. Yeah, I'll but it's like, it it's all our old asses going, oh, is that a faces of death <laughs> right? film? Like none of the kids are watching Tubi. I hate to break it to you, but it's like, I think it's a lot of our age watching Tubi at this point. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I vividly remember the Faces of Death VHS covers, like, at the video store, and I remember we rented one, and, like, they, I thought it was legitimately real, like, the first one I saw, you know, there was some sick shit in there, they, it was very, very taboo, uh, this seems like it is not going to go that way, it seems like it's just going to make, like, a, like, a movie about those potential things, kind of, so it'll be, like, kind of, sort of, like, um, was it eight millimeter 
sort of like idea where it's like a movie where they think it might be real or they're going to have to investigate it. So that I think is probably the better way to go uh, if you're going to revive it. So we'll see. It could be, it, it could be good. It could be interesting. I think the face of death name will definitely, I think it's so old now though, you know, so it, it's definitely going to bring in people our age. I don't know if it's going to bring in uh, the younger crowds, but it does. And that's probably why they're bringing in uh, the girl from euphoria there you know, and, and Billy, cause he's kind of, I know a heartthrob amongst the young crowd. So I guess you get uh, the two young actors here and then bring in the face of death of the older people. So we shall will, see. Will Billy have his little mustache is the real question. He has to. That we, is home. that his trademark? <laughs> it needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> will he be banging any moms? Potentially. Mm. We'll see. Mm. Stay tuned. Yeah. Stay tuned. Mm. Can we Indeed. back it anywhere, Steve? Is that <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, next bit of news here is the Poltergeist franchise has been kind of dormant for a while now. Well, Amazon recently acquired, of course, MGM, for those of you who may or may not know, and they are prioritizing bringing back the Poltergeist franchise, potentially a TV series. We don't really know yet, but uh, in a recent interview, Jeff Snyder, who is a uh, popular journalist, co uh, commented about this. He's noted that the poltergeist situation is currently complicated by the fact that Spielberg would likely need to be involved. But he said all this stuff is, is currently kind of up in the air. Amazon is still figuring it out. But what we do have here is that it is considered a priority at Amazon Studios. So... What do you guys think? Do you, you know, would you want to see, I guess, a TV series? Would you want to see a movie? What do you think the best way to bring this the Poltergeist franchise back to life? I'd personally go movie route because it's easier to watch one of those opposed to like, you know, an eight episode arc. But yeah, once again, not really a franchise that is super popular with me. Um, first one's obviously good, but I don't think I've ever seen two or three. So or the remake. So, yeah, we'll see. The remake is so bad. It's so fucking bad. It's really, really terrible. <laughs> yeah. Who's the guy? It's got Ethan Hawke, right? Or no, no, no. No, Sam... it's got Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Sam Rockwell. There you go. He's yeah. a good actor too. He, he is, is a good yeah. actor. It's just the movie just wasn't it. I actually personally would prefer a TV show. You know, something akin to like uh, Haunting of Hill House or like that kind of series where you know family moves into a house and it's haunted and it's a slow progression to all the stuff that happens. You know, something short, like a limited series, eight episodes or something like that. I'd watch that. I think the movie, you know, it's been done now, so I wouldn't necessarily want to see another movie. I think TV show would be the more interesting route to me personally. Yeah, that's a tough one. I, I guess the TV show route might be more interesting just because they could probably do more with it and whatnot. Yeah, I would recommend Todd checking out part two because I think part two is great. Part three is is quite terrible <laughs> as well. Um, now, part three, is, part three is really weird though. It's interesting because... Carol Ann, uh, the actress that played Carol Ann, uh, actually died while making part three. So like literally like the actress changes like in, but like you only see like the back of her head type thing. Like they were able to reshoot it, but so it's, it's, but it's really fucking bad. But two is actually like a really, really good. So I definitely recommend checking that one out if you can. We'll see. I, I mean, I, I think they can do a lot more with this franchise. So I think, I think they can make, do some really cool stuff with it. So I, I would like to see a return one way or the other. Just don't do another shitty remake uh, like they just did <laughs> uh all right next bit of news here really quick bit of news here but that is that jordan peele has announced the release date for his fourth horror movie and get ready for christmas day ladies and gentlemen you can go out you can have your christmas you know early dinner and then head out to the theater christmas night december 25th 
2024 will be the release of Jordan Peele's fourth horror movie. No details. Obviously, it's still pretty far out. No details as far as plot, anything like that. But it is going to be coming. We'll see. Definitely Christmas related. I hope, <laughs> I hope so. Maybe. I really hope so. I think that'd be so cool. You know, if I were a established horror filmmaker, I would definitely make a Christmas movie because I feel that, you know, with Christmas movies, even if it's bad, people revisit it every year. You know, whereas other movies, they kind of get lost in, in time. Uh, Christmas movies always come back, right? So it's a, and the horror Christmas movie, I mean, there's a lot, but there aren't a lot of like really, really good ones, you know? So mm-hmm. I think uh, I'd love to see a Jordan Peele take on Christmas. Let's hope. Tonight, tonight's uh, movie I picked, Christmas movie, sort of. <laughs> I mean, it's wait, wait, Christmas day. Is it coming out next year, Christmas? 2024? 2024, yep. Oh, fuck. That is a yeah. bad time. Like, I don't know why the fuck you do that, but. Is there a lot of stuff coming out? It's Avatar 3. And as much as people uh, will say, no one cares about Avatar. Uh, yeah, people care about Avatar, apparently, because they apparently. are yeah. one, one in three biggest movies of all time. So, <laughs> yeah, weird. Right. Weird timing. Yeah, but if anyone can do it, it can be, I think, he he's a moneymaker in the theater. I mean, not Avatar moneymaker, but all of his movies have done, like, really, really well. Um, so we'll see. And I'm assuming Avatar will come out early December. So the like have... weekend before. Oh, okay. Well, well, shit. Maybe they'll, <laughs> this it might it might get pushed then. You know, maybe they haven't realized it yet. You know, so we'll see. Uh, all right. Next bit of news here is keep your eye out. This is just a fun little Easter egg, but keep your eye out for Bruce Campbell in the new Evil Dead Rise movie. Uh, he had uh, the director did tease that he is somewhere in the movie, and if you can find him, he will pay you fifty dollars. So apparently, it is going to be maybe something very off the cuff, unique, or something like that. But horror fans. We'll definitely pick this up, I'm sure, some way, somehow. Uh, it could be something like Matthew Lillard in Scream 5, how he was like the uh, ghost face in the trailer or something like that, and you're never going to fucking notice him until someone reveals it. But Bruce Kimball is going to be in there some way, somehow. I fucking cannot wait for you that rise. It looks awesome. Early reviews, take them with a grain of salt, obviously, but have been crazy, crazy, like overwhelmingly positive on it. So we'll see. Get excited, people. Very soon it is coming. And we are covering it, FYI. Oh, definitely. We decide that's our next uh, theater movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be awesome. Uh, All right, just a couple more bits of news here. Uh, Quick ones. Uh, The second season of Last of Us. You're going to have to wait a little bit, folks, as uh, it has been announced. We are not going to be getting the second season of The Last of Us until late 2024, early 2025. So it is going to be... A bit of a wait. What do you guys think about this? Is this like, I mean, like, it's weird to like wait that long when it's so hot right now. Do you think because it's so hot, they can do that? They can get do it and get away with it? Or do you think time is going to, too much time is going to pass and it's going to kind of cool off the, the fan train? I mean, there's like eight years between the games or whatever it is. Mm. So uh, I think because it's based off another medium, it won't matter. Usually that would be the like kiss of death for a show if it takes too long between seasons. But I think there's almost like an exception for something like this. So I'd rather, honestly, I'd rather them take their time and just, you know, do it properly as opposed to rush it and get it out next year. So I'm fine with it. Yeah. They need, re, uh, they need time to rewrite the uh, sequel game. So take your time with that. Correct the errors of the game. Are, are they also like stalling because they're out of material after? <laughs> you know, like they're yes, game of throwing it. Like, 
Come on, Neil Druckmann, make part three so we can continue this story. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll keep you up to date on all that. And just a couple more little pieces here. File this one under. Who saw this one coming? We are getting a new Q movie. And that is so interesting because we literally just covered it uh, a couple weeks ago on the show. But uh, Screenbox is going to be putting out uh, this new Q movie. Uh, it is going to be a Japanese remake, actually. And it is going to be hitting Screenbox exclusively on April 11th. Uh, the newest cube takes a deeper, darker, and deadly, deadlier look at isolation and gore and follows a group of strangers who find themselves trapped in a sadistic maze without remembering how they got there. After waking up drug and disoriented, the prisoners who seemingly have nothing in common find themselves in a mysterious room, blah, blah, blah. We've seen them. We kind of know what to expect. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Are you guys excited for a new another cube movie? Uh, well, not really, to be honest. Uh, you know, <laughs> I haven't watched Cube 2 and 3. But um, also, just for the record, it's also out on VOD the same day. So if you don't need oh, okay. Box in this particular case. And it's already out. It's, it's out in Japan. Uh, just where the American release is coming up. So but I don't know. It looks kind of to be the same. I'll watch it if it's if I see it somewhere. But uh, I don't know. I'm not that excited about it. Yeah, same. I'm not going to go out of my way. But I do like Japanese films. They have a, a certain charm to them. So, okay. yeah, I think two and three can definitely be improved upon and uh, one as well since we covered it. So, yeah, w- what do you guys think make it better? Joe, you want more explanation or you want more gore or a little bit of everything? A little bit of both. I think, you know, my two main complaints were, yeah, like we needed more explanation. And also, I think they could have ramped up the kill the kills and gores. And I think the Japanese are probably the best thing. Uh, as far as gores and kills the japanese really know how to do it well so i i think uh you know they'll probably definitely uh improve on that now whether they're gonna stick to sort of the original movie and not explain much and keep it secretive we'll see i agree yeah it's, it's it needs more gore i think is really the the ultimate thing and you know they i think they need to explain more because the first one didn't explain that much so it's like you need to give something new you know you can't just rehash a mystery again so I think they need to bring it, put it further. All righty. All right. And uh, I exclusively put this one in for the two of you guys because the George A. Romero Fund needs your help, ladies and gentlemen. They are looking to fund a completion of a once lost short film of George's from 1963. The name of the film is Elegy. So they uh, went on to explain, at 23 years old, George A. Romero implored his uncle for a new Bolex camera. His uncle gave him $5,000 to purchase it with his new friends, uh, Russ Strainer and Richard Ritchie, who you might recognize from Night of Living Dead fame. Uh, They shot a series of short films, all thought to have been lost. One of these films, now entitled Romero's Elegy, was found and is looking to be restored. It is a 21-minute Film shot in Pittsburgh in 1963, shot without sound or dialogue. The original intention was to add music and poetry to it, but it was never finished. So they are looking to raise $10,000 by the end of this month to complete this short film. And any donations, $2,500 or higher, will receive an executive producer credit. So just head over to the George A. Romero Foundation's website to learn more and to donate and get this movie made what do you guys think Ten thousand to add sound and restore 
and poetry and restore. That sounds like a fucking scam to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> what are you using ten thousand for? You? Uh, I, I don't know That's because uh, if it's filmed on like, you know, it's it's going to be filmed on film, right? And the mm-hmm. process to digitize and clean up uh, film is actually pretty expensive. So. Don't burst I, my bubble, Steve. I could see it, yeah. But I'll, although I, I gotta say, twenty, I know twenty five hundred sounds like a lot, but just to say you executive produced a George Romero film is is pretty cool. So that's all. Is, are there other perks that you know? You're going of? in. You're going in. Wheels uh, <laughs> turning. There might be other perks, but I I don't know. I didn't click on the website. What, what was the website again? Give me the website. I'll search. It's just uh, just search the George A. Romero Foundation, and it's yeah. it's his website. I'm sure it'll pop right up. As far as this though, like I know I 100%ed George's stuff, and then like a month later, two more mystery films popped up that were having to be short films as well. So this is gonna be a third one that I have to track down now. He's like Tupac, you know, he just keeps releasing stuff post death. So maybe he's on an island with, uh, you know, Tupac and Elvis calling it now. It, right. There you go. It is pretty cool, though, that like they're still trying finding stuff of his and trying to get it released. That's pretty awesome. And that is it for hard news this week. So thank you, everyone. Well, Joe, no bummer news before we uh, shoot it to our sponsor. <laughs> go ahead. Uh, yeah. So thank you very much. That's fun segment, as always, you know, keeping everyone up to date with the news so before we get to our what watch segment let's hear a little bit of a word from our sponsor deadly grounds coffee everyone thinks because you're a zombie you don't know good coffee well they're wrong there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval deadly grounds coffee is my guilty pleasure the aroma is so intoxicating it brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork deadly grounds coffee coffee to die for and zombie approved it's good to get a little deadly disgusting all right what watched i will go first because i watched one in honor of joe a couple weeks ago i bought a film that's doing the rounds on social media called uh kill her goats came out 2023 first time director um my cool goats joe love story right so i got it grabbed it got the special edition blu-ray came with the sign blah 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 the movie is not good (laughs) So I was once again fooled by some very good guerrilla marketing by the horror people out there. Man, okay, killer goats, right? What do you think about when the title Kill Your Goats hits you? Goats, or kill her goats, or they're on a farm or something. No, they're not. So the story follows some very good-looking women. I'll, I'll start that off. All the women are extremely good-looking, so that's a plus. Um, they all get nude uh, very frequently. There's a part in the movie where there's a shower scene. Cut to like, hey, what are you doing? cut back to a different shower scene which i'm about but as far as the movie goes man it's like one goat walks by in a scene and then at the end it walks by again i'm like that's the fucking killer goat thing the killer has like some goat horns on but he's only in it for a little bit right there's like at the start of the movie there's a very very solid kill which is awesome kane hodder plays the killer clearly it's him in the scene and then the killer is played by someone clearly different throughout right and then kane hodder pops up in another scene so i'm like what the fuck are we doing but I clearly only got him for a few days whatever it was so it's very low budget it, it it's claim to fame it's all practical kills that everyone's getting murdered now doesn't happen either like there's kills in it sure but some of them are really good some of them are terrible but the worst thing about this is how boring it is, man. Like when you're an indie slasher and you're toting like practical effects, like let's see the practical effects. Let's get some sweet kills in here. Um, but instead we're treated to uh, the girls and all that that are literally just hanging out, right? 
there's one character that, character that narrates every fucking thing that she does, dude. She has to go get a drink. She tells the audience, I'm going to go get a drink. She has to go in the house. She tells us, the audience, I'm going to the house. But to add to that too, is that every scene is shot from multiple different angles. So we're talking like five or six cuts on two characters that are sitting on a couch, a love seat, watching a film, but that's cut six different ways, right? So we're constantly jumping back and forth and it makes you like feel a little bit sick because it's like boom, 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 boom. Add to that, not only do they have six interior shots, but you have exterior shots as well. They go to like an outside window looking in, but the killer's not even there because we know where the killer is. And then there's the scenes too where like they're talking and then it goes and shows a, a side mirror on a car. Why? There's no fucking purpose. Or they're talking and then it shows the front door. Why? There's no fucking purpose. And it's just like full of just boring nonsense that you're just waiting for someone to take their shirt off, you know? And then once it happens, you're like, okay, what's next? Nope, no kills. We're just going to have more talking. So Killer uh, killer Goats, terrible title because it doesn't um, deliver in the movie. And then it just gets fucking awful at the end. When, when kills start happening, it just becomes over the top stupid where characters turn on each other for no reason and start killing each other it's just like doesn't make any sense so kill her goats um oh the plot is um like this girl buys a house that is famous for having like an old family in it um but the old family lost that house so you can guess who the killer's gonna be someone from that family coming to kill them which is exactly what it is um but killer goats terrible it would definitely make my worst of the year list but since it's an indie might not make it that's usually reserved for for um bigger budget of films but killer goats 2023 two out of five on letterbox one point for the boobs, another point for the solid kills when they're actually there. Well, that makes me sad because I was excited when I saw the the title about and that one. But no, no goats were killed in this film. Well, that thank I that I think goats. I think I thank God for that because you know I love I do love my goats, so I'm glad to see that they made it through the through the title. All right, uh, I don't got much, man. I've been slacking on my movie watching. I, I was just looking at my letterbox for March. I have like three movies reviewed, so it's like really, yeah, it's just been a really down month for me. But I can talk about Yellow Jackets season two started up on Friday. For those of you who have never seen it, it is on Showtime television series. Um, you know, horror adjacent, I would call it. It's kind of more uh, sort of mystery sci-fi-ish with some horror elements in there. Great Casso, Christina Ricci, uh, Julia Lewis, amongst others. A lot, a lot of great actresses in this movie, though. But basically, it's about a, a soccer team who ends up uh, a girl, high, group of high school girls soccer team. They end up uh, their plane ends up crashing. You know, a la sort of lost. They are stuck out in this sort of mysterious woods. But um, this, we you know, we get time jumps. So we see them when they're older. Some of them obviously got off and were rescued. And we're kind of jumping in between the two storylines. So season one overall, I thought was was really, really solid. Uh, good storyline going on, stuff like that. Ooh, first episode of season two was a bit rough. Um, I uh, I was quite disappointed with it. I mean, you know, I'm hoping it's going to improve, but there was some really just piss poor writing in this first episode. A lot of just really convenient plot devices and just lazy, lazy writing, essentially, is what it comes down to for me. Yeah, and I hope it improves, obviously, because I, I have been enjoying what I've been seeing for the most part so far, but... A rough start to uh, season two, in my opinion, but we'll see how it does and how it picks up. I am not going to do like an episode best episode breakdown, but at the end of the season, I'll do a, a you know a season breakdown. Cool. 
so my first one this week is a movie. So I'm doing a like a thing for a month where I'm going to watch one Psycho film every week and review them on a podcast. Talked about Psycho, like the original Psycho last week. So this week I am up to the sequel, which is 1983's Psycho 2, which I watched over on VOD. So this one takes place 22 years later. Uh, Norman Bates is released from a psychiatric institute where he had been found not guilty of murder, but simply um, like, you know, he had a psychological evaluation and he wasn't fit and he had, you know, issues and stuff like that. And now a doctor had deemed him uh, good to rejoin society. But um, I forget her name, uh, Vera Miles's character. Uh, is it Marion or was Marion the other one? Anyway, uh, the one who survives as a psycho, she's mad about it, of course, because, you know, they, she killed her sister in the original psycho, but he's free and that's just the way it is. So he goes back to the house and the motel and he's trying to rehabilitate his life. You have a pretty young Dennis Franz who's uh, running the, the motel at that point and he's like a drunk and he turned the motel into like basically a brothel with drugs and everything. So that you know pisses off Norman, and the story is mostly about Norman trying to you know be rehabilitated and not kill again. And all of a sudden, he has to, he has a job at a diner that he has to have as part of his re rehabilitation program, and he meets a girl there, and they kind of be, strike up this friendship. But then all of a sudden, kills start happening, and the whole movie kind of deals with. Is he killing them? Because he's not even sure if he's killing them. He's thinking that maybe he is snapping and things are reminding him of his past and his mother and things like that. And the whole mystery is, so A, is someone else killing and trying to frame him? Or B, is it him that's actually killing? Or C, he is killing and he knows he's killing. He's just pretending not to for the good of everyone. So very good mystery. Very good film. Uh, it's a very underrated film. Not a lot of people know that there are Psycho sequels, and this one is actually really good. Anthony Perkins is fantastic in this, uh, playing that inner drama. You really don't know till the end, like, what's going on. Is he faking the whole thing? Is he genuinely, like, killing people and just doesn't know it? Or is someone framing him? You really don't know up until the very end. I will say that the ending was kind of not great. It wasn't my favorite. Uh, I didn't love his relationship with Mary either. It seemed very um, convenient and forced a little bit, but uh, the film is great, and I urge people to check it out. So that is Psycho 2, which I gave three and a half stars out of five. I love that movie, so I'm glad you watched it. There's a four-pack four, uh, four pack blu ray set too, so if you're interested. And that's all I had. I just watched Killer Goats. What about you, Joe? Is that all as well? That's all. All right, so I'll do my other one then. So I watched another movie. The last year at some point, I did a series watch of the Lake Placid movies, but there was one missing because I couldn't find anywhere, and it finally became available, and that is 2018's Lake Placid Legacy, which I also watched on VOD. So Lake Placid Legacy is actually a sequel. I thought it was a remake, but it's not. It actually takes place after the events of all the other films, which is very like loosely mentioned. So this one, it's a group of young people and they film these like, they attack corporations essentially that are um, spreading pollution and it's like an eco-friendly group. And they're told about this facility that uh, people are going to pay them money if they go there and do some stuff. So, of course, they're interested in that. So they go there, get to the facility. It turns out it's abandoned. And as they uh, start exploring that facility, 
they realize that something's going on. They find dead bodies that are eaten up and stuff. And of course, turns out that there is a gigantic killer croc on the premises and it's them trying to essentially escape that facility once uh, they start getting attacked by that giant crocodile. Um, The story is not the worst, you know, it's a good enough reason to get them back to the lake, the the events of Lake Placid and to have the confrontation with the croc. Uh, The gore and the kills and the practical effects on the kills are actually pretty good, which is great. But oh my God, the CGI on the croc is really, really bad. Like it was better in the previous films, which were released like a decade plus before this one, which makes absolutely no sense. And the acting is horrible. Just absolutely cringy. There are characters in this. I could not wait to see them get killed, you know? And that's not a good thing. When you're heroes, uh, you don't care about their lives. In fact, you're rooting against them. You want them to get killed. It's not a good way to have a movie. There are really no characters that I liked in this at all. So that's a big issue. I would put it near the bottom of this series, which is, I got to say, a surprisingly decent series. If ever you get a chance to check it out. I actually quite enjoyed this series. So this one is kind of an exception to that rule. So that is Lake Placid Legacy. I gave it one and a half stars over on Letterboxd. Very good. All right. Now it's trivia time. We have Joe. Who needs to be taken off his pedestal for the rest of the week at 23 points. Myself, second place, 16. Steve, third, 14 points. I'm going to lead off today. Well, because... Before you do that, though, what? this is the last one. It is. The first oh. quarter. So uh, Todd, unless Todd can make a oh, no. eight point. <laughs> <laughs> Steve, collude. Dave, collude. Send me some fucking answers. Yeah, so Todd gets eight points out of a maximum six. <sighs> or nine. No, yeah, maximum nine. So you could do it. You just I could do need it. To get everyone but every every single thing yeah he needs basically every point oh god oh well <laughs> okay go ahead you want to start yeah i'm gonna start but i'm gonna pull up some information on a film real quick so i get it right because today on discord there was some argument about 60 second trivia and oh, yeah. i'm gonna prove that's not as easy as it looks so steve is going under the gun Steve, you'll be going first. Do you want me to time it or are you going to time it? I will time it. I'm just pulling up the, the movie real quick so I have everything correct yeah. so I don't get fucking called out. Not easy. It's not. All right. 60 seconds. Starting. Now. 1970s? No. 80s? No. 90s? No. 2000s? Yes. Okay. Uh, is it a zombie film? No. Ghosts? No. Is there a serial killer in it or a, like yes. a slasher? The slasher? Yes. Okay. Are uh, the clowns? No. Um, uh, do they primarily use a knife? Sometimes. Okay. A gun? Sometimes. Okay. Uh, is it the strangers? No. Is it a uh, like a house invasion type film? No. Okay. Um, do they kill in the woods? No. In a house? Yes. Is the main actor famous? Not really. And the house isn't the main focus, but they people get killed in the house. Is it a franchise? No. Ooh. Ten seconds. Um, oh, boy. Uh, have we reviewed on the show? No. Okay. So you had final guess? Final guess. Okay. So 2000 slasher. Let's see. What can it be? Not a franchise. I'm going to go trick or treat. Incorrect. Joe, would you like one guess and an answer? 
or one clue and an answer. 2000 yes. slasher, not a franchise. Okay. Uh, multiple killers? No. All right. Well, there goes my guess. <laughs> uh, man. Interesting. No franchise with a slasher. Um, let's go with uh, Behind the Mask, Leslie Vernon. Incorrect. The answer is George A. Romero's Bruiser from the year mm, 2000. Wow. Wow. You're going deep. <laughs> you fuck y'all. That's why. Yeah. I, I used to like, big Wait, no, I, think I, I think I watched it for our Romero perspective. Maybe he wears a white mask. Right? That's, the, that's the one. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That's not one. That's a good yeah. one. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Should I do my other 60 for Joe? Yep. Okay. Let me pull up. Yeah. Now people are going to be, oh, it's too hard. Yeah. <laughs> But you see how I, I kept asking questions, even if I'm that that's like my trick to I know, it. but we it, you freeze up, it's not easy. Oh, yeah, I just I like throw questions out of nowhere, like just to get more info by the time I get to final guess. Yeah. All right, Joe, starting right now. All right, 70s. No. 80s. Yes. 80s. Slasher. Kind of, but not. Ooh. Okay. Uh other famous actors in it. That yes. attend horror conventions. Yes. Ooh. Okay. Um, the thing. No. Okay. Shit. All right. And when All I say right. horror conventions, it's not like their main thing, but they have gone to conventions before. They have done conventions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Uh, is it directed by someone famous? Yes, it someone is. Someone I would know. Ooh. Yes, you would. Is it Carpenter? No, it's not. It's not Carpenter. Is it Craven? No. Is it Toby Hooper? No. Shit. Uh, <laughs> all right. Ten so, sorry. Kind of a slasher. There's a lot of kills in it, but it's not a slasher slasher. Okay. Are there supernatural, supernatural elements yes. to it? One minute. You get another guess uh, and whatever. Hellraiser. No. Steve. Um, supernatural elements. Yeah. I, I, I have a movie in mind. So. Okay. Uh, is one of the actors Arnold Schwarzenegger? No, okay. I, th I thought it was Predator at first. Um, let's see, Supernatural, Supernatural, lots of kills, but not really a slasher. I'm gonna go Aliens, incorrect. It is the famous director Stephen King. Oh, Maximum Overdrive. Wow. Right. All right, and you got Gene <laughs> Carlo Esposito, Emilio Estevez. They do cons sometimes, so yeah, yeah, yes, I met him, it's great. You did, mm -hmm. all right. Album, but All never right. ask a 60 second question again. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I'm terrible. I don't think I've gotten one right. Okay. All right. First one for me. Match the killer to the movie. Okay. You would. Tonight, tonight, we have Dr. Evan Rendell. The dentist? Incorrect. Mm -hmm. That was going to be my guess, too. Yes, uh, doctors. Dr. Giggles? Correct. Oh, nice <laughs> Steve gets it. <laughs> right. All right. So also a question that I've been doing a lot lately because I love this category. So guess the movie based off the parental guide on IMDb. Sex and nudity. Sexual innuendo with a text on a shirt saying just a tip. Hmm. <laughs> Violence and gore. A boy's leg is graphically bitten. 
blood spills out of the wound. Okay, profanity. In a scene, several obscenities, including but not limited to, cunt and whore are written on a wall in blood. Alcohol, drugs, and smoking. The drug Molly is talked about and dropped into a character's drink without her knowledge. Oh, Freddy versus Jason. Wrong. Now you have to wait. So Fuck. final scene, the uh, final one for uh, Joe. Frightening and intense scenes. Epilepsy warning. Around the halfway mark, there are flashing party lights and later on, flashing lights inside of a haunted attraction. It's going to be partying. It's um, my partying. I mean, Haunt? Wrong. You want one more guess each? Is it? Sure. Party, epilepsy warning. You don't have to have another guess if you can. If you don't have, well, one. I want. I want to fucking score. Uh, that movie, fucking Hell Maze, or whatever the fuck it's called, Hell no, Hell it's, Hellfest. No. 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 And it's probably not the other one. Uh, Bloodfest, Bloodfest, no. Hellfest, yeah. Festfest. It's, it's neither. <laughs> the house is October built. Wrong. So what I was looking for is Terrifier 2. Ah, okay. Yeah. And it's an amusement park. Yes. Uh, and he, he bites the guy's leg. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the, the leg biting. I don't either. <clears throat> and the, no. yeah, there's a date rate drug during the party. See. Yeah, Bravers. I guess I gotta. Uh, I'm due for a sort of re, like a full rewatch on that because I haven't seen it since we reviewed it. So, hmm. I watched I watched like 45 minutes of it at the con which, and which I fell like asleep five months ago. So it's <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll probably watch it when like Terrifier three. Five months ago, it's like ten years. From yeah. Now. <laughs> All right. Twenty five second review. I'm just All right. <laughs> four four clues. Four clues. Clue number one. Ouch, you're squeezing me too tight. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Does it? It does. Because that's a Todd no, original. That's a Todd say. original right there. The original Marty McFly. Oh, um, what the hell was he in? That wasn't, uh, that was a horror film. Okay, keep going. Okay. I know what you're talking about, but. Damn, that's a big bitch. And the final clue. Creepy wink. Creepy mm. wink. Creepy wink. Ooh. These are tough ones. I could go Cujo, but no, it's not Cujo. The big bitch, I figured the female dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I see where you're going with it. <laughs> All right, so we got now these aren't like fucking out. quotes from the movie. It's just my little right, right, right. Ouch, you're squeezing me too tight. The original actor for Marty McFly. That's a big bitch and creepy wink. See, I don't, I, I feel like if I knew the actor who's going to be my, I'm not telling you. Okay, I'm going to get uh, one more guess after and then. Okay. Tre- tremors. Incorrect. Mama? Incorrect. All right. Or, or Ma or whatever. Ma, no. Yeah. The answer is Anaconda. Uh, Eric Stoltz was in Anaconda. Eric Stoltz is the dude that gets a wasp in his throat. Oh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah, hmm. which I I, huh? I would love to, as much as I love Michael J. Fox, I would love to see that movie without him in it. Just as you know, just to see, 
Yeah, just to see it. I mean, they they filmed like what, like a fourth, a quarter of it? A lot of it, dude. Yeah, I know. Quite a bit, yeah. So, anyway, Joseph. All righty. In From Dust Till Dawn, we meet the maniacal Gecko Brothers. What are their first names? Richard and, (laughs) oh my God. Which one's Richard? I think it's um, uh, Clooney. Clooney? No, it's Tarantino. It's Tarantino? Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I have no, no I, I, Walter. I don't remember his fucking name. Jack, yeah. Richie, and Seth. Oh, Richie Seth, and Seth. Seth. All right. I had him mixed up. All right. Uh, a new type of category started last week. Guess the actor based on loose descriptions of roles they played. Mm. Okay. Okay. So there are four. Just so you know. All right. A scared actor, an art collector, an exotic hunter. Okay, this last one is really is probably the easiest. <laughs> you guys ready? Yep. Yes. And a burn victim. Oh. Robert England. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so he played a scared nice. actor in New Nightmare, an art collector in um uh, Wishmaster, yeah, exotic yes. hunter in the Lake Placid series, and a burn victim, obviously, in Nightmare on Elm Street. Very nice. Oh. Todd, yep. Uh, letterbox reviews clue number one of three. Where can I buy the calendar for this with the pumpkins? So, where can I buy the calendar with the pumpkins on it? Clue number two. Now, this is blank directors name i love the opening scene the score the jawless title card so i left out the director's name by the way yeah probably yeah i do that all the time dude. <laughs> yeah. and then number three this ain't even a movie florida just be like that oh um god damn it it's a crawl incorrect hmm. where can i buy a calendar with pumpkins on it now, this is the director I love. The opening scene, the score, the jawless title card. This ain't even a movie. Florida just be like that. Joe, you got to guess? Hmm. They, those sound vaguely familiar. I feel like I've read those reviews, maybe, especially the Florida one. Um, but yeah, no, I got nothing. No? I can't even think of a second one. Yeah. All right. Well, the jawless title card is from Dr. Tongue, Day of the Dead. Um, Florida is nuts, as you know. And then the calendar. Um, that's right. Oh, I don't know if film. Yeah. 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 Okay. Day of the, Day of the Dead. Wow. All right. Yeah, I, don't, I would not have guessed Day of the Dead from, from those. Well, shit. <laughs> All right. I too have three letterboxed reviews. Oh. So let's get into it. I'm so happy I don't shave my legs. Um, Cabin Fever. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Yes. All the right. Second one. Oh. This movie, this made me hungry for pancakes. Cabin fever. <laughs> and number three, I'm never drinking water again in my Cabin entire fever. life. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Final one this week and the, for the quarter. Now I feel like mine went too hard today. <laughs> well, Anaconda um, was easy. Well, easier. Yeah, easier. All right. French translation, which I think I'm going to retire for a while after this. So they're really hard to find, like, to find one that actually is different. All right. So French translation. In French, Mort de par. 
in English, scared to death. Hmm. Hmm. Scared to death. The uh, ring. Wrong. Good, uh, good guess, though. Um, la me pa. <laughs> oh. <laughs> scared. Scared. <laughs> scared to death. Um, gibberish French. <laughs> la bla bla. Uh, I don't know. I would, I'd say let's scare Jessica to death, but I don't think you meant right. that. So I'll give you a hint. See if you could figure out the clues here. I had okay. a theme tonight. Hmm. What the fuck was your other question? If you think about it, I'm not going to repeat I, them. Well, you have to repeat them now in spirit of oh. the games. <laughs> you know, I don't want to re redo the whole thing, but anyway, I, it's it's too obvious if I spell them out. Let's see. His last clue was Robert England. Yeah. And um, then. So, A Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> Wrong. And Todd, last guess? I have no clue. Oh, and his other one was... Uh... Actually, I forget his first question. All right. All right. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you guys. So, my theme for the week was Danielle. Happy Birthday, Joe. I oh. took his three characters from Monster Palooza. Robert England as Freddy, oh. Terrifier 2 as Art, and this oh, was Jeepers nice. Creepers. <laughs> nice. What a scared it. to death, though. <laughs> Jeepers, Jeepers Creepers. Creepers. That doesn't make any sense. No. <laughs> Dang that's it. why that's why i'm re i'm uh, uh, reti retiring french uh, translation <laughs> all right uh, joe oh it destroyed us 24 points Ooh. to 17 to steve's 15 oh boy quarter one was a trouncing oh look at him he's, he's got the look at him he's fighting he's throwing left hooks right hooks uppercut he's fucking rocky of the show right now so he has to come up with our punishment films which i can i'm not looking forward to i guess we'll hear him yes, this week I'll I'll find some good stuff on Tubi for you guys. Don't you worry. Oh, fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our feature film here, Joe's birthday pick, is Inside, a French film, also translated as A Letter, uh, directed by Alexander Bastillo and Julian Mari from 2007. Terror comes calling. Four months after the death of her husband, a woman on the brink of motherhood is tormented in her home by a strange woman who wants her unborn baby. So we start this film with a young lady and a man driving their car, and we hear a voiceover saying something like, I finally have my baby inside me, nothing's going to take you away from me, something like that. And then boom, there's a car crash. Uh, we look over, the girl's all bloody, she's awake. Uh, I forgot to mention too that when the car crash happens, we see inside the womb as the baby snaps forward and, you know, kind of looks like it's injured. Um, then we show the girl she's all messed up and we look over the the male he's slumped over in a seat we presume he's dead flash forward and she's uh, getting checked up at the doctor's office uh, she's getting a little ultrasound and all that crap looking at the baby and she's scarred up and things like that and we learned that her husband uh, passed away in the car crash and she's on her own she's about to give birth actually the next day they're scheduling it um, to come back and all that stuff um, she meets with her mom and they're a little bit estranged because you know, obviously she's going through some tough times right now with the death of her husband and the, the almost birth of her child um, so she wants to be left alone she goes back to her house and she is accosted by a random woman that's trying to break into her house staring through her glass at uh, the glass window at her things like that she calls the police who check it out and say yeah well, everything's clear no one's around but we'll do some patrols we'll come by later things like that also, we learned that she has a very close relationship with her um, employer. She's kind of like a photographer thing, and he works for the news, things like that. So he's going to play a part in it. And then we are stuck with the character as this unknown woman uh, breaks into her house and tries to assault her. And we'll leave it at that. I'll stop there and let Joe take over So he since he picked it. But yeah, go for it. 
Alrighty. Yeah, it's been a while since I've seen this one, but it some of the scenes definitely uh, stuck with me um, that I remembered. And coming back to this after a while, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about it, but it still held up to me really well. Um, this movie is just so fucking brutal and visceral at times that like even now, like I was still kind of cringing like on a, on a couple of the scenes. Um, this movie does not hold back like at all with the gore and the blood and shit. It, it's fucking brutal. I, I think it's one of the better home invasion movies I've seen. Honestly, I think there's a lot of good tension here. I love the look of the woman who kind of comes in just in this like sort of creepy black dress. It's very simple and subtle, but I think it works really well to kind of add to the mystique of her character. The twist I thought was also something I, I did not, was not really expecting per se. Um, so I thought that was pretty cool, which we'll get into later. But yeah, I mean, to me, this still really held up well. I mean, there's definitely some issues here, some convenient plot points and stuff like that and i don't think it was necessary to see the baby in the womb yeah it could just because it didn't look good um but you know it's also like really early 2000s so i you know i think maybe the cgi would have been better but uh yeah overall i i really enjoyed this one yeah so i uh so this was an unavailable in canada unfortunately but thankfully i happened to be in the u.s i watched it a few weeks ago while i was there i think it was on tubi i never seen this one so i was kind of excited to see what joe you know had been talking about uh, all this time we got some trivia questions about this very thing so uh, glad to finally watch it i will admit halfway through the movie i was thinking like god damn it joe what the fuck is this <laughs> like i was kind of bored i didn't know where it was going there were a couple like okay parts but holy shit does the movie take a turn at some point of the like i'd say about halfway and it just gets crazy from there i was not expected at all i had my eyes glued to the screen the whole time and like joe i did not see you know a lot most of this coming because it goes extreme and the ending was a, I thought a clever way, you know, takes, I'm always looking for a good way to explain things. And I think this movie did a good job of it. Now, like Joe said, there are a couple of things that are kind of ridiculous when you really think about it, but I was so along for the ride and mesmerized at how, how, how much more violence can they put in this? Like, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you're like, God damn, where, where else can they go from here? And they somehow find a way to make it even crazier practical effects fantastic like really 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 good practical effects the amount of blood in this film it's like it's insane it's it's just it's, it's like rivaling the evil dead remake you know uh almost that's the only thing i was missing was a fucking like rain shower of blood is really really crazy i i enjoyed it i had a lot of fun with this one as sick as that sounds it just it's crazy it was crazy so i can't wait to like dissect this movie a little bit more and when uh, todd gets his thoughts I just imagine Steve like cutting like a rare steak when she's putting the fucking scissors in her belly button to perform a cesarean on her. Like Dexter in, the, in his <laughs> yeah. intro, you know, making breakfast. Yeah, like... yeah overall, I'm, I'm with uh, with Steve on this one where I was like, oh man, this is boring. But then when it kicks off, man, it fucking kicks off and it doesn't stop. The only problem I have with it is that, which we'll cover is like a lot of this, not a lot, but a few plot points are just like, so over the top and don't don't make any sense for like characters action especially the police in this that it really took it took it took me out of the film but as far as practical gorehounds fucked up disturbing films go like you're gonna be disturbed you're gonna feel fucked up you're gonna have a lot of 
you're gonna like the gore if you're a gore hand in this so definitely go out and check it out but yeah let's get into the bad that's cgi baby let's let's not do that <laughs> let's get rid of that to start but honestly like the this is gonna be really weird a really small nitpick you guys will be like what the fuck are you watching but when she goes in the bathroom her feet are filthy and i'm like why are they filthy you're walking around your own house like can we clean the setup, guys? Please. I, it was fucking weird. Dude, um, she's pregnant. She no, doesn't have her husband anymore. You think she's black. The fucking, you think like, she's sweeping the house? Like, no. Like, give her, her a break. Her mom's over man. there. Her fucking dad's over there. Not her dad. Her fucking co- whatever. Whatever. <laughs> clean up the set. Um, <laughs> but um, man, those cops were fucking dumb, dude. They were so fucking dumb. They have this guy. Uh, so, I guess during this time, Steve, you might know a little bit more about it since you're you know french but i guess there's some political turmoil in france at the time so there's like a bunch of riots going on i'm not french from france i know motherfucker (laughs) but you you have a a connection to the french people do you know what's happening in england right now like yes i do they're fucking in 2007 well what was happening uh in the the they were drinking tea motherfucker yeah yeah. get get off my back you know what i'm not gonna include you in my conversation with her then you can mute yourself but there's a bunch of riots going on and they rest this little fucking twerp and then the partners go inside and they get fucking wasted right and they hear shots fired so the the brainiac cop decides to not call for backup or leave the guy that's under his arrest in the back of his car he's like no i'm gonna uh, shackle you to my arm and we're gonna go in this active shooter situation together here's a fucking weapon so not only does he deputize this fucking guy's under arrest, he gives him a weapon. And then when they rescue the girl, quote unquote, they decide that the priority is not to get out of the house, but to go fucking turn the lights on. And he gives him, uh, it, it's just fucking stupid. I can't, I can't accept that, but that's my main gripe. Yeah. And it's a very good gripe to have, honestly. Um, Like, I was just like, is this like something maybe they do in foreign countries, <laughs> like in a emergency, like they'll just don't, shackle. Don't ask Steve, he'll yell at you. <laughs> right <laughs> but yeah that was weird to me but i was just like okay like i don't know like i i don't know what's going on in foreign countries so maybe they do shackle the prisoner if they have to go check something out. i don't know i i agree like you fucking leave the guy in the car like why are you bringing him in there it's literally just like a convenient plot point i guess to have another brutal death uh and add another body i guess to the thing but i agree like i i honestly I can understand, though, deputizing him at the time, because from what I remember, they had him for, like, a petty crime. I think he was, like, vandalizing or something like that. So when you're in a fucking situation like that, like, I can kind of understand the cop giving him the gun and when, like, you know, hey, watch my back, I'll watch yours. Like, that kid doesn't want to die either. So, I, you know, I don't think the kid's going to turn the gun on him, especially being shackled and be like get me out of this you know situation type thing um there it was a very like uh panicky situation and with the kid kind of seemed like he was just a young kid um so that part i get i, I could kind of go with but the whole bring him in shackle him shackling him to the thing was was pretty stupid i agree with that and then yeah like why are you so worried about turning the power on uh to the house like get the fuck out of the house get her out of the house clearly that woman you know he's like oh she left she clearly did not fucking leave why do you think the power went off you know what i mean i mean so yeah i mean it made for some really cool deaths though so i will give it that but yeah i mean it was very um that was definitely the probably the weakest part in the movie i would agree with you yeah i i agree that that's also kind of the biggest issue with this movie it's just like come on there's no fucking way that this would actually happen in real life and it did take me a little bit out of it but i guess i was enjoying the gore so much and just the fact that hey here are more people to kill you know that's that's basically how i saw it basically as lamb to the slaughter like just like bring him in so we can kill some more people and 
make a spectacle of it. Uh, my only real big issue, and I'll be, this is more of a personal thing, I hate when they fucking kill animals, and especially they just like kill a cat at, for no reason. Really, there's no reason to kill that cat. It didn't add anything to the story. You're just doing it for brutality's sake, and I fucking hated that. Just absolutely gratuitous, and it almost like lost a point just for that. But um, outside of that, though, outside of those like movie issues, I like I said, I enjoyed it. There's so so much to discuss as far as the gore goes, you know, from, and not only just the gore, but like, there's a dream sequence where the baby's being born out of her mouth. Like just these crazy fucking scenes that are just, wow, this movie goes balls out. Was she having an affair with her boss? Is that like implied? I I don't personally don't think so. No. Like I just thought like he, they were kind of close after like the death of her husband. Like, he was just kind of trying to be like more of a father figure. I didn't really get like a, motherfucker is trying to swoop a in, sexual dude. affair. He may have been, He's but I, I, he may have been, but I don't think anything was going on. I think she was just too depressed. Like at that point, too far gone. I don't think she was even thinking about anything like that. He may have been, but I don't think she was. Yeah. Well, he got to stab in the balls for it. So Yes. Uh, yes, he did. Yeah. So, yes, he did. what were some of your favorite, uh, you know, gore moments? I guess in this movie. Well, I mean, there's so many good ones, but man, like, can we? I can we just talk about like how heartbreaking it was? Like, why, like killing your own mother. That is like so fucking brutal. Like, you know, the mom comes. That was a great scene in general. Like that, you know, the the uh, employer comes in and thinks it's the mother and they're kind of having like this conversation and he's kind of trying to put the moves on her at one point, which is funny. And she's like playing it really cool. And then the mother comes in and she's like, who the fuck are you? Like, what is going on here? And she goes up and you know, the daughter's already been attacked, which fucking the lady, I mean, the crazy thing is like, this shit has happened before. Like women have been like fucking massacred and having their babies stolen out of their womb. Like I've listened to true crime podcasts where this, this shit has actually happened. Maybe not like exactly like this movie, but crazy shit like this has happened before. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, the mother goes upstairs, the woman thinks it's the attacker and she fucking stabs her mom in the fucking neck with, uh, what even is that? I don't even know. Is it like a sewing, like, like, like a, sewing a, thing? Thing? I thought it was a knitting needle. Like a like knitting that. needle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the f- man, like, that's brutal enough. But then, like, she pulls it out and the fucking blood is, like, splattering, like, so extremely all over the wall. It's just like, man, that that just is fucking brutal. Yeah, that one, I was like, oh, man. Like, just, you know, because you see that happen in movies sometimes, but I don't know. It really hit me on this one. But, I mean, God, I mean, the fucking, there's so many fucking crazy-ass gore scenes in this. Uh, yeah i don't know what do you guys got i mean there's so much well that's that's my favorite one actually joe's is the is it? Stab yeah. one just because it's mm-hmm. not as extreme as the other ones but like that just that you know the lifeblood squirting out but also i think the most effective scene at least to me is when she first breaks into the house and she puts the scissors in the belly button and it's just like a soft noise they use it's just it's fucking nasty yeah, that's the one scene actually I thought it was effective to show the baby in the womb because like, you know, you like feet like, you know, like it's like the shock like too that the baby's feeling. So th- I think that worked, but I think they overdid it. Like they like showed the baby in the womb like five or six other times and it was just like, oh, okay, like I don't need to see it every time. Uh, I-, I love the kill on the boss, you know, like stabs in the legs and then the balls and then the face, like just, and it was brutal. Like the way they showed the face coming, you know, coming in when, uh, it stabbed and then there were um even like little things like she stabs her hand and pins it to the wall essentially you know that, that was really like effective and you know because 
the problem with uh, home invasion movies like this is, you know, the majority of the film takes place inside the home. So how do you keep it interesting while, you know, staying essentially in the same spot? Uh, one thing that did make me laugh, I thought it was a little ridiculous is she makes like a little hole in the door so she could talk to her, like just so they could have dialogue and stuff. I thought, okay, yeah, that was a little much. They could clearly speak to each other, you know, without the whole uh, stuff like that. But and everything at the end, you know, the whole burning stuff, uh, super great. She gives gives herself a tracheotomy, which is oh, disgusting, but effective. Um, the whole thing quick, was just that's good. some quick thinking. Like, yeah. give yourself a tracheotomy. I'm like, geez, you know, well, who did it the best though was Saw Five, or maybe it was Saw Four, but the FBI agent that gets trapped. Yeah. Remember, and he does a ballpoint pen. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. This movie's also brisk. Hour eighteen minutes. It's not. It doesn't like overstay its welcome. It stays. Like I agree. I mean, the beginning is a little slow, but I mean, I understand they're building um that character. Is her name Sarah? I think maybe is our main character. They're kind of building her up and stuff like that. So I was like okay with it. I do agree. Like there was like a little moment there where I was like okay, like let's get to the point. But man, like once it like I'd say it's like maybe 25, 30 minutes in. Like once you get that first knock on the door. Like, I was, like, fucking in, like, glued to that screen. Like, even, like, just, like, her, like, just being outside, kind of lighting up the cigarette and shit, I thought was, like, really creepy and effective. I, I think she's a great villain. Like, I, I thought I think she's great. She fucking, she, she plays it really well. Like, cool, calm, and collected. And it's just, she's fucking getting that baby one way or the other. And... Man, they weren't they weren't afraid. They were not afraid to fucking go there, man. Cause this that end sequence is fucking insane. You know, uh, I mean, we can get into it, I guess. I mean, she fucking literally cuts this fucking baby out of this woman's belly, like, and they do not like hold back, man. You see the fucking her like literally cutting the scissors like up into this belly, and you think like Sarah's gonna get away and is gonna survive this, but no, man. Like they just. They, they go dark, man. They, like I said, she fucking kills Sarah and she has that baby and fucking talk about just terrifying imagery. Like her fucking all burnt up at the end, just, you know, which is great. Like that burn scene is awesome too. Like, you know, it seems like Sarah's kind of done for. She fucking lights a cigarette and Sarah fucking grabs the, the aerosol can and just burns the fucking shit out of her face. And yeah, but man, she, she wins in the end, man. She fucking gets that baby and is, is, is rocking back and forth with her. And you're like, oh fuck, like that just great fucking just creepy imagery man her i love the makeup work on her burns like were really really cool and we should mention that it turns out that she's the twist actually, yeah uh the person uh from the other car in the accident and she lost her baby in the accident and that was actually her baby that we saw at the beginning in that awful cgi uh which i thought was a great twist you know it was an effective twist i mean you know, it's the length that she goes to for, you know, revenge and to have kind of the baby on her own. Uh, it's, it's, it's like outlandish, but at the same time, people would do crazy shit. You know, when you're, when you lose something like that in that kind of situation, people will go to really crazy lengths to do things. And I, I thought it was like fine. And that, yeah, that haunting imagery of her in the rocking chair at the end with the, you know, the baby and she's all melted and stuff. It, it was crazy. Like, wow it just kept getting crazier and crazier and that was the perfect way to end it because yeah it was brutal is they did not hold back you know i always all expected sarah to survive and uh she didn't and that's how the movie ends so you leave the movie with like wow that was fucking crazy as opposed to you know if sarah had won maybe it wouldn't have been the same thing it would have been just kind of a regular ending an expected ending so i, I like the way this movie ended yeah you know who would make a really good dream couple would be this girl and the guy from don't breathe like seriously hook them up together and then problem solved but yeah you know like 
I'm, I'm with you guys on the gore and the imagery and stuff, but unfortunately, like, I don't really, like, enjoy the story that much. Like, I think, obviously, it shines with the gore, and it's a gore show showcase, but other than that, I think that's all it really had going for it, and um, it's like French films seem to, sorry, Steve, if I offend you, just kidding, uh, French films seem to, like, always kind of do the same thing. It's always, like, I don't know, it's strange. Maybe you guys can speak on that, but, like, Japanese films, Korean films, they all have their niche, and then French, like, they have this, like, ultra gore fucking like something ha like trauma like it's all about trauma with them it's i don't know yeah yeah no, I mean, to me it worked man like i've i thought it was, i thought the story worked well like especially when we get the twist and we're finding out what this lady's motivations was like to me it just made it made sense you know like you know like i've watched like i said i've watched i've heard true crime podcasts talk about stories exactly like this so i'm like it fucking makes sense that you would do that and i didn't see it coming i did not think i thought it was just like a crazy i thought it was someone at the hospital like a nurse at the hospital or something like that who maybe was coming to get it or something like some crazy nurse at the hospital but i thought that was a great way to kind of tie it all together also like the french in general um yeah they do deal with traumas and like i would put this up there like for me personally like with something like martyrs or something or something like uh irreversible just movies that are brutal but also like tell a pretty good story too yeah, I agree with that. There's definitely like a cultural thing here where a lot of the, at least the ones that are popular, right? Maybe there's a ton of horror films they do that aren't in this niche, but the ones that kind of come out and people check out here are the ones that are brutal like this, you know? And I like that the French like don't hold back on things. You know, Titan is another great example. They just fucking go balls to the wall and they don't, a lot of American films, That that's maybe my biggest criticism about a lot of American films is they hold back too much. Uh, they're too afraid of not getting the rating they want and uh, they're afraid of the FCC and they're afraid of all these like things whereas movies from other countries are like fuck it we're gonna make the movie that I fucking want and that's just the way it is like obviously smaller films don't give a shit you know they like stuff on Tubi but often, often they don't have the budget to pull off really cool things so these are like mainstream French films that are just going extreme and I think that's a I that, that is a cultural thing because they don't regard nudity the same way as Americans do they don't regard uh you know showing children uh, you know things as the, the same way like they trust the children will know the difference between fiction and nonfiction. whereas in the u.s it's like can't expose their children to anything so it's i mean i don't, I mean, I don't, I don't think soldiers should watch this but you know if you're fucking 15 or 16 i think you can watch something like this but that's just my opinion so it's it's, it's crazy to see the stuff that french do and that's why i like french films mostly is it the same in Canada, Steve, as far as nudity and all that crap? Well, we're, we're, we're like pretty much aligned to the U.S. as far as uh, cultural thoughts. It's, it's like a little like uh, you can go topless in where oh. I live. Uh, oh. Anyone's allowed to be topless at all oh, times. Uh, not, pri not in private businesses, but like outside. But yeah, I've, I've lived here 10, like 12 years now in my province, and I've seen one. So and it wasn't good. One, one, singular, <laughs> one singular boob? No, two boobs. Okay, One woman, gotta, uh, gotta be... <laughs> probably in her sixties or seventies, just walking hey. topless down the street. Um, <laughs> no, no, but we align closely with the U.S. I think in that mm -hmm. regard. Yeah, because like high tension, wax that fucking kid in the cornfield. Mm. Uh, Raw was fucking like similar style, and yeah, it's weird. But yeah, but if you go to like when I went to Italy, you know, you could walk into stores and they have like porn, and it's just a regular like. Oh store you know they don't regard they really don't regard nudity the same way as no not at all europe's very America. different yeah <laughs>
like that's nude beaches everywhere it's just oh yeah to them it's just like that's you're born that way that's natural like what the clothes right. is not natural that's something humans <laughs> decided to you know this is my whole modesty thing it's weird to them mm-hmm. you know you know how you can spot the the first timer at the nudist beach this is a dad joke i'm assuming <laughs> yeah right? todd's dad joke <laughs> he, has a, he has a boner <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Leave that in. I will. Hell yeah, I will. <laughs> uh, uh, rate it. All righty. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked this one. So, you know, I picked it mainly because I remember really liking it. And like I said, it really held up. Fucking brutal, visceral, gory as fuck. And a pretty solid story to go along with it. Obviously, you're here for the gore, man. Like, it's, it's fucking crazy. I still really liked this. It I, it held up really well. I'm giving it a four out of five. I had it at a two and a half out of five. But after talking to you guys, I'm bumping it up to a three. The gore is obviously fantastic, but I think I still think that's all it really has. And if maybe I was in the wrong mindset to watch a you know brutal woman, pregnant woman, being fucking hacked up film. So three out of five. And I'm super fucking happy I watched this. I really enjoyed it. I had a great time watching it. And I'm with Joe. I gave it a four out of five. I I thought this was a great film. You know, one, not one I'd want to necessarily watch again anytime soon because it's so brutal. But uh, I was along for the ride on this one. And I think it was a great, great pick by Joe. I, I really enjoyed this. Thank you. And I guess say, yeah, I mean, this is definitely one like you want to show like your more hardcore horror fan friends that maybe haven't seen something like this. And you're like, Oh man, you want to see something fucked up? Like let's watch this together, you know, and kind of see their reaction to some of the fucking crazy ass gore scenes. Cause man, I don't know what these directors did. I didn't look them up like after this, but shit, I got to see what else they've done. Cause Holy fuck. Like the practical effects in this were amazing. And I, I, I'm interested to see if they did more horror movies after this. Are you sure you want to know what they did Joe? Cause I'll tell you. Not see, uh, were they horror movies or no? <laughs> yeah, he, uh, they did Leatherface from what 2017 or something. Like oh that. yeah, Ooh, um, they went downhill. Huh? <laughs> yeah, the the Deep House from I think last year, maybe the year before, the Underwater Haunted House. Oh, I didn't watch. I didn't watch that okay. one. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Um, they did a segment at ABC's The Death Part Two, which I don't hmm. remember which one, and then then some couple other ones I haven't heard about. All right, so this was their best. Yeah, <laughs> from what sure. it sounds like. All right, cool. Oh, hmm. both ABC's The Death. No, this was oh, their the first, first movie. Yeah, oh, wow. So. Yeah, well, they fucking yeah, killed it. <laughs> right. Um, I also should mention there is an American remake. I have not seen the American remake. I've heard nothing but bad things about it, though. So I'm, I'm, I don't think I'll ever check it out, probably. Although I am kind of intrigued, you know, to see, like, what they kind of changed up here. But knowing, like Steve said, Americans afraid to take risks, like, I feel like she probably, like, kills the woman or something in the American remake or something stupid like that. Same with Martyrs. I've never seen the Martyr. I, like, usually, like, translating French to American remakes usually are never a good, seem to ever be a good thing. Yeah, not a good sign. I looked at the print, Parents Guide just for fun, and violence and gore is at moderate, so. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not a good sign. Let's see. What's it sitting on Letterboxd right now? I'm curious. The remake. Uh, it's sitting at 2.1 over on Letterboxd right now. Which is whereas IMDb is 4.6. Ri- and the original yeah. is at a 3.5 on Letterboxd. Mm. So, yeah, that's a really solid rating. IMDb 4.6, but that's out of 10. So, okay. Yeah. So maybe skip that. Came out in 2016, the American remake. What we got next week? All right, ladies and gentlemen. So stay tuned. Next week, we are going to be reviewing cocaine bear the uh very 
wild and wacky movie. I'm excited for this one. Also, Ray Liotta's last movie. So it'll be good to see Ray in a movie for the last time. Yeah, I I really have no idea what to expect for this movie. Obviously, more sort of like horror comedy, I guess. But I've heard the the desks are kind of brutal. So we'll see. So stay tuned. Check out uh, Cocaine Bear. It is currently streaming uh, VOD. So you can check it out on there. And Canadian viewers? VOD. Okay, also on VOD. All right, so yeah, go check out Cocaine Bear before next week. Steve, we got Movie Club coming up. We do. Today. Yeah, so the day that this episode is released, which is Friday the, like, I don't know, 31st, maybe? Maybe April 1st, I don't know, whatever this day is. Uh, the Friday is, we're going to do a Movie Club, as we do every single month. All you need to do is join our Discord, which is absolutely free. You just need to ask us for a link to get in. Uh, I don't know what the movie will be yet. I'm going to make people vote on it. But yeah, we'll pick something. You know, I, I kind of picked a different group of like different genres and different eras of movies and we'll vote on it, watch it. And usually we just watch the movie, talk, you know, kind of do commentary during the movie. And then afterwards we hang out and just talk all things horror and stuff like that. It's always a great time. A few people actually knew are going to be on it. Uh, I was told. So that's going to be awesome. And everyone's welcome. We have a great time every month. So come, come join awesome. our discord and check it out. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, of course, the best way to join the Discord, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, just search the Horror Squad podcast and send us a DM through there um, and you can join. We'll send you a private link to join the Discord. Like Steve said, completely free. Tons of horror channels to talk and chat over there. So it's, it's an amazing time. So definitely come and join in on the fun of Discord. You can email us also anytime, the Horror Squad podcast at gmail.com. And I think that is about it, guys. So we'll see you next week for Cocaine Bear. Bye. See you. Ah. Blood, sang, without, sang, hundred, sang, smells, sang, without a hundred smells of blood, sang, 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 sang.